Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am delighted to say I'm now joined on the phone by one half of the duo, Danny R. and Paul Gillings. Danny, are you well? Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. That's a fantastic intro. Um, yeah, I'm very well, mate. I'm uh, just in from work, grabbing some space, and uh, yeah, looking forward to speaking to you. I mean, the first thing, obviously, there is you're not a full-time musician. Is that your ambition? Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's the dream for, for all of us in that in that basket. But um, it was got to be paid. We work hard, but at the same time, it's you know it's not the reason not to do it. But if it came from that, then yeah, fantastic. But uh, otherwise, it's uh, hands on the tools for the time being. Mm, yes, <laughs> and uh, that's the reason that Paul can't join us is because he's busy as well, isn't it? Well, not to worry, because I'm fairly sure I have spoken to Paul before, because when I was doing the research, there was the bit where he was inspired by uh, uh, sitting around the campfire at a Boy Scout cookout, and I'm sure I've read that before when I was doing an interview, so I think I might have spoken to Paul before, so he's had his turn. (laughs) <laughs> I must admit, yeah, it's normally Paul that uh, does most of the speaking. I'm quite happy normally just to, you know, sit back and do the singing. So, <laughs> so I'll do my best. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you pair got together a couple of years ago, basically at your invitation, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, it was towards the end of 2019, um, before all of the uh, brilliance happened that we had. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was playing a gig over at Summer Lake at a place called Club Inequity, and it's purely for singer-songwriters, poets, all sort of original material, and they have a fixed bill. And it's a regular event. It's been going for about 15, 16 years, and it was my second time of uh, being invited there, really fortunate, uh, to open up for the night. So when, when we got there, um, there was a couple of other bands that were obviously on later in the day, and I knew a few of the lads. And they told me that harmonica player was coming tonight and is world champion. So it was like, wow, you know, this is, I've, I've never actually seen a harmonica player live. Of course, we've all, we've all heard them on the songs. And I was, yeah, looking forward to it. So anyway, the, the place filled up and I got up and did me a bit. Um, I come off the stage and a chap come over to us and said, oh, mate, that was, you know, I really enjoyed that. I was very, you know, really kind. He mate, thank you. He said, you got any music or anything? Uh, any CDs I could get off you? Yeah. I said, no, yeah. <laughs> I did. I told a bit of a bulky. I did have an EP that I'd just done, but I weren't chuffed with it. It really didn't uh, represent what I was trying to sort of say and feel. So I was a bit like, oh, I weren't ready to give anything out. So um, it's what well, I tell you what, mate. I've got a, I've got a loft conversion, and I do I do a little bit of recording myself. He said I've just recording an acoustic album. Would you Would you be interested? I said, um, mate, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Really kind. He said, I don't want anything for it. He said, you know. I'm, he said, I'm only amateur at doing it myself. He said, but it'd be great to, um, you know, give you something to listen to. He said, plus, he said, I'd like to have your music on CD myself. So I was like, oh, bless you, mate. And I said, shook his hand. I said, mate, I'll get your point. He said, no, no, that's all right. And he literally turned around, mate. He picked up his, what <laughs> saw as a suitcase and just headed off towards the stage. And it turns out that was Paul. And I was like, obviously, I was blown away, mate. Um, I heard the dude play, and it was just like, wow, you know, absolutely stunned. 
So, um, yeah, when he came off, I was like, mate, you know, <laughs> I said, are you sure about it? I said, you know, I said, you're a busy man. He said, no, he said, come around and do it. So we did. Um, I did four or five tracks, mate, uh, on an EP called Me, You and Echo. And, um, yeah, he really helped us out, mate. We worked together on it. It was a really relaxed sort of working environment and the sort of teamwork between us sort of grew. So I went to see him play um, at a place called Oya, sort of blues open nights that they were doing over there. And, yeah, just fantastic, mate. So I've, I've been looking for someone to to be that extra sort of compadre to me solo stuff because I've been used to being in bands and I've been playing on my own for a couple of years now. So I was looking for that extra layer. I tried out a couple of guitarists, a couple of bass players, and it just weren't gelling. But as soon as we, we, you know, I said to him, you fancy coming along for a jam? He was like, I'll bring the bass. And I was like, right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say in the notes that I've got, it says that Paul yeah. wanted to play bass with you. I mean, here's yeah, this renowned harmonica player. Is that oh, now yeah. I'd rather be a bass player. Yeah, this is, and I must admit, I thought, you know, I, I wanted to say to him, are you kidding me? Like, you know, you do that and you want to play bass. But um, I suppose he, he sort of, he wanted a bit of a break from it. But to be honest with you, mate, I mean, like as, as it says, uh, it lasted all part of one song. And I said, yeah, just... Just give this a try and play one of his tracks. As soon as he did it, mate, it was uh, it was like, yeah, this this for us is it's where it's at. And yeah. For me, that's that's what I've been after, yeah, for a long time. I just didn't know that it was a harmonica, and um, yeah, just through my own, my own ignorance, really, mate. Sort of just being from being in rock bands and stuff. I, you know, I really dived that deep into it. Plus, I've been out of the scene for quite a while, so you know, it was me sort of. Sort of finding my own path again, but uh, mate, yeah, two years down the line, what a fantastic time we've had. Well, uh, is it right that you played your first gig after just four rehearsals? Yes, yeah, um, literally. Uh, he, he he knows he's a he's a he's a studied man in music, so I, <laughs> he come round and we went through it. I said, to him, "This is a set list, mate. I, I can play these songs. I'll just play it as I normally play." He said, "Yeah, you do your thing, mate." He said, "And I'll just join in." He said, "And we'll find." where it feels right, you know, he said, don't be afraid to say anything now, if you think, oh, drop out a little bit there, and I thought, well, mate, you just do what you want to do, so um, that's pretty much how it formed, and yeah, after four practices, we had a 45-minute live gig to do, uh, <laughs> through live streaming, a proper setup with a piano, everything in the background, it was, yeah, the st- it was, pressure was on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we did it, so um, yeah, it was good, it was good, really enjoyed it. And you grew up in musical surroundings. According to the notes, there was musicals around your house. So what were you listening to as a youngster? Um, pretty much whatever my me, me mum and dad was listening to, um, as well as my nan. My nan was a huge music fan, and she, yeah, she'd always be sending stuff up in the post. I'd get a little jiffy bags come through, and uh, there'd normally be like a little letter in there with, I uh, found this album 40 or something. And... Yeah, she, she would. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, it was straight out of because my nan and her brother would go into London because I only lived in Enfield, so they're going on the train, going to all the markets, CD shops and stuff like that, and then basically have a good, you know, good uh, flip through all sorts of strange stuff, and then send it up once they've sort of, you know, had their time with it, so to speak. Um, but it would be Temptations, uh, Al Green, Smokey Robinson, through to. Rap would be in Cypress Hill, uh, Nas, Coolio, Eminem. I think I was 10 when I got the uh, Marshall Mavers LP. 
<laughs> my parents didn't know what it was on there, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so quite an eclectic taste then. Yeah, um, as well as, you know, everything that was in the charts at the time, from Michael Jackson, but uh, Rod Stewart, Simply Red. So it was it was so, so broad. But it was it got to the point for me where I didn't really look at the album covers or learn the song names or anything, because there was always music being played. So it was always just based on the feel of it. So I think that's where I I had quite a broad genre of music that I liked. Uh, the only thing I've never really gelled with is that tap, 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 jazz kind of stuff. I still can't get into that. I've tried, but... We're on the same page <laughs> there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, no, there's no musical prejudice to genre or anything from an early age, so I've always I've always liked it. But rap really ticked the box for me as a, was the first thing I grabbed hold of properly um, from the age of sort of 10, uh, Dr. Dre's 2001 album, um, with Eminem and stuff like that, that sort of led led me from there into rhythmic American poetry, I suppose. And, um, yeah. But you were saying that you were in a rock band before you met Paul, so what drew you in that direction? It was, um, I'd made a, made a mate at high school, and um, I, it was, we were talking cheese, I was into rap, he was into rock, but it kind of worked because it was a bit like uh, Run DMC with Aerosmith, you know? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we is had this, a middle ground there. Is this Jack, Jack Savage? Yes, Jack Savage, yeah, and um, funny enough, he was, he's, he's been up in uh, Newcastle, he's just done his merchant's tickets, he's in the old uh, Merchant Navy now, but he's he's been doing that for about eight, nine years, and he's just come back, he's moved to Lowestoft again, so I think me and him are going to start doing some rock music again together, wow. <laughs> so, so that'll be good, but um, so yeah, yeah, with Jack, he'd sort of hassled us for years, mate, he'd try to get us to like Iron Maiden and stuff, and I was trying to get him to like more sort of... Uh, You moved away from that and went to acoustic, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, we'd, we'd hit the age of, uh, I mean, we were sort of 15 when we started the band. So by the age of 20, 21, we'd been through the rock and roll lifestyle in our own little miniature version. We'd all fallen out. We'd <laughs> been through all of the arguments. We had a great time, but then everybody started disappearing, you know, sort of growing up, getting into their careers. Savage so moved up to Newcastle. Our singer went offshore. John, I think, he, the drummer, he went to become a carer and worked full-time and that. So, you know, everyone got divided. I went and worked up and down the country for for, um, for a wind of 
treating firm. I nearly said their name, but I'm not going to give them that. I'm <laughs> 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 um, down the country um, for quite a number of years. So the guitar just got put on the rack, mate, yeah. And it wasn't until I come back and decided to get out of that career and back on plumbing and bathroom fitting, uh, sole trader, working with Dad, um, that I could pick the guitar up again. So instead of going in a band, I thought, well, if I can teach myself to sing and play, I could play guitar, but I'd had lessons and that. So I felt strong in that area, but really, really totally newbie to um, any sort of main vocal or, you know, ever singing in front of anyone, probably, that's for sure. Well, you formed a duo with Zach, Zach Mayton. Yes, uh, so Zach, after the, the sort of band had split up, um, after we had a big old fallout, the, me and Zach stayed sort of muckers for this. He was the lead singer for the next sort of three to six months, and before he then went offshore. And in that time, we thought, well, you know, we, we were still knocking about together. There were some tensions elsewhere, but, you know, let's not let it go to waste. So, yeah, I had an acoustic, and uh, he could play a bit of acoustic, so he started, we started writing songs together then. Um, so I knew that side of it was cool, but again, I only had to do backing vocals. And I think once he made me sing a song by myself, but I felt so red. <laughs> then it just clammed up. <laughs> so when you started writing songs, were you writing from a rap point of view, or had you sort of diversified a bit more by now? I was, I was probably writing songs as early as middle school, uh, so that would put me, yeah, in the sort of category of eight, nine, ten sort of age, um, but that was based on projects from music at, uh, at you know music class at school. So I was listening to a lot of Phil Collins, Genesis, um, Michael Jackson at uh, that sort of time. So I was coming up with my own sort of pop little songs that I take in the show the teacher that we had to play on the piano. It was all you know, like one note, sort of very basic minor chords and stuff. But it sort of started there. But it's always it's never been um, sort of taught in that side. I just I just liked. Loved the sound of music, mate, and I thought, well, I can make a little tune out of this one if I can do anything with it. But, um, and yeah, the lyric side of it definitely was enhanced once I started listening to that. Um, I, I was at a point <laughs> in sort of early high school where I could freestyle, and it was it was very fluent, and the words were already ahead of me in my mind two or three seconds. I mean, now, no chance. Mm. But um, then, yes, it was fluent, and it's I really, really enjoyed it. I could sit down with a pen and pad, and I'd feel two or three, uh, maybe four pages in no time. Um, just getting stuff off your mind. I suppose as a kid, yeah. it was a good way to, um, to for somewhere for me to put that energy. I yeah. didn't know what to do with. So, yeah. So was it meeting Paul that turned you onto the blues then? Yeah, I mean, my songs were how my songs were already, if that makes sense. I suppose the blues element to my stuff was, was learned through, through playing rock. Um, and learning that we were playing covers as well as writing originals. Obviously, you know, it's, it, that's its roots. So, but then once we put that harmonica over the top and Paul brought that element into it, it that then really highlighted, I think, those those areas that were bluesier. Um, I still find it strange that, you know, that I'm classed in like, contemporary blues and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful because, you know, it's, it's a... It's, it's a genre I've got a lot of respect for for myself. I love my, my blues rock. I love my Joe Bonamassas, uh, Beth Hartz and stuff like that. Um, but I never really dived into the harmonica past with things in the blues world. So since I've been on board with Paul, I've, I've learned a lot more in that side. I'm still not fluent with names, but I hear a tune and I'm like, oh, yeah. I, you know, it's opened up another level of appreciation for me, um, which 
which is always humbling and lovely to know how much you don't know is out there. Kind of like the live music scene that we have now with all these unsigned artists. Well, it's like me doing this show and the other show that I do. It's a voyage of discovery. There's always something new to find. Yeah, yeah. It's a continuous journey, whether you're going backwards or whether you're looking now. There's always new stuff to find, underappreciated things. That have just, and I'm not saying that about ourselves in this, but, you know, there's them uh, for myself, like Terry Reid um, and John Martin, um, amazing, amazing artists, 70s mm. singers, songwriters. Later in John Martin's repertoire, but Solid Air is still one of my favourite albums of all time. Beautiful, yeah. 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 Solid Air was the first song of his that I heard, um, and it was uh, based on. I'd had a couple of people uh, very, very kindly sort of put us. Uh, there was a song I'd done called Good Thoughts, which is on uh, the latest EP, um, that reminded them of it. And they said, You ever heard of a chap called John Martin? That song you just played there, it's, it reminds us of something called Solid Air. So I was like, no, okay, I heard it a couple of times, so I thought, okay, I will check it out now. Um, so I typed it in on YouTube, and it was the live uh, 1968 of him in Berlin playing that. And wow, man, like, totally blew me away. Mm-hmm. Just, well, you've got um, your own studio now, though, haven't you? Yeah, it's, it's very humble. Um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an interface. It's, uh, it's my own. record with Paul, do you do it together live in the room? Yes, yeah, both both of these EPs um, have been live live in the room and I believe well, there is there is a, a YouTube video of us pretty much uh, just we've filmed the whole 45 minutes process of us just sitting there, we press record play the songs through and they, were the, they were the layers that we used for the, for the recording and the final mixes right. so we do it as best as uh, if you were to come to see us, that's, that's as, as what you're going to get. That sort of leads me on to the next question then. What are the plans for the future? Do you have a tour in mind? We, we're going to, we've just had, as I say, fantastic two years. We've done probably about 150 gigs, um, as well as sort of working full time. We've travelled up and down the country, but we haven't left the country. <laughs> mm. So um, what we're going to do, unfortunately I've, I've, I've got some, family sort of stuff going on mate outside of this and Paul's a busy man I'm going to be hoping to change up my career a little bit to give me some more free time during my working sort of uh, my working month doing sort of 60, 70 hours a week as, as well as obviously trying to follow my passion so um, we're going to have a little bit of R&R for a little while I think mm-hmm. yeah and then come back basically twice as strong and then um, and then yeah hit it again from there so it's definitely as I say it's 
not over. We're just having a little respite for a while. Yeah, because um, you did say before we started this interview that you are looking to record some more stuff in the new year. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where this is for me, I found it. Uh, I mean, Paul is is an amazing energy and he's an amazing drive. But um, I, I can't always match that level, mate. He is like fantastic. You know what I mean, bless his heart, he's the reason why someone on the phone having a chat with you now, mate. Because otherwise, I'd still be in that studio just practicing in and out week on week <laughs> off. You know, he really grabbed me by the scruff and was like, "Right, mate, yeah, you need to do this. Get out there." So, um, you know, he is the driving force behind it. But uh, as I say, I've got a lot of tyres on on that side, but. It well, you've also me. got other projects in mind, haven't you? You were saying earlier about maybe doing something with Jack, a, a rock yeah, album or yeah. something like so that. So you've got that freedom, gonna, haven't you? Yeah, this, this is it. This is where now that we're not going to be gigging because we haven't pretty, we've pretty much we haven't booked any gigs for next year. So that this is where the writing time, this is where the writing process comes back in again. That's the balance of found difficult. Whereas uh, Monday to Friday and off of the weekends for gigging, I don't find myself any time to sit down and write and mm. just get that recording done. Um, you, you know, I've tried to force it. I've tried. I'm going right. I'm in from work at seven. I give myself an hour and a half. Get in that studio. I do something. Get it done. But it don't work like that for me. <laughs> I get in there and I end up just staring at the screen for an hour. You know, I come up with a couple of bits and it's like mm, you've got to be in the right headspace for it. Well, this if you do have any kind of success, the pressure is on to follow that. So you force something out, and six months down the line, you look back on it and thinking, "No, that's rubbish." Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got to be happy with it yourself. I mean, um, with that, it's it's an absolute privilege that anybody listens uh, to to the music, mate, or anyone that's you know doing this. It's, I never sort of set out with the intention to to blow the charts out with this when I first started doing it. It was just like, right, this is this is my release, this is my meditation, this is where I enjoy it. You know, as we said earlier, this is your safe space. Mm. I never really intended to take that out onto the road. <laughs> but uh, I'm extremely grateful and, I've, you know, it's been a fantastic life experience and it's pushed my comfort zone as, a, as an independent on my own artist that was used to having four or five lads on stage with him all the time, just being comfortable behind my guitar. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, I can never thank him enough in that sense for it. It's been a real, real valued journey. And I look forward to, to more that we're doing. I mean, by this time, by the time this sort of comes out, there'll be a, there will be a, a song out called Late Nights and Early Mornings, which pretty much sums up all of my whinges a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, that's a collaboration between uh, Paul, who's written most of the music for the song. He's diced up the lyrics for us. We've all got our own little spot in it, but it's myself and a chap called Isaac Lister. Paul's done all the recordings on it, um, which he's now set up his own label for as well, uh, which is called, let me get this right, it's London Road uh, Collective, or London Road Label. And, um, well, I can check that. All the links will be on our website for that as well. So, yeah, there will be a new new song out, and that will be a full production band. We've got drummer, full uh, bass on that. So, yeah, it's going to be I've heard a couple of mixes just waiting for the master to come back now. <laughs> I'll well, be sure I send it to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it a spin, and uh, I look forward to any future releases that you bring out. Um, because the hundred to one EP that you brought out, it just blew me away. So, looking forward That's to fair. hearing more from you, and uh, 
maybe, maybe, if you ever make it up north, we'll see you around here sometime. That would be great. We'd, we'd love to. I'm sure we would. That would be fantastic. But, Bashar, thanks ever so much for listening to us and, um, and having us on, man. Really, really appreciate it. And all the best to you listening. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So, plenty more to come. And, of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.